I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Around Leeds, there are rumours of a list that exists deep in one of Victor Rorta's many notebooks. On that list, there are a large number of players broken down per position on the football pitch, all of whom are potential replacements who can be brought in at Leeds United should the need arise. Hello and welcome to Orta's List, which is uh, a new series on All Stats, aren't we? Which is, oh, sorry, I've lost <laughs> <laughs> A new series on All Stats, aren't we? Which is dedicated to scouting footballers around the world in a bid to create our own version of Victor Orta's List. I'm John McKenzie, and I'll be joined throughout the series by All Stats, aren't we?'s very own Josh Hobbs and scouted football and Leeds Live Zone, but also a little bit our very own too, Joe Donahue. Joe, welcome to the show. Well, I've finally found the button which, which reveals everyone. How are you doing, Joe? I'm very good. Thank you very much. I'm very pleased to be on again. I'm looking forward to discussing some uh, right-footed left midfielders or left forwards or whatever you want to describe it as. Mm. And Josh Hobbs is here. How are you doing, Josh? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I, I enjoyed the uh, little live mess up. We've not we've not <laughs> had that so far. We made it four episodes in before we before we did that. I've got so many tabs open on my browser and I have to switch between them all. I just <laughs> royally messed that one up. So yeah, you know, maybe I'm getting, maybe I'm getting a little bit complacent, but um, that will remind me to keep me on my toes. But just to lay out the format of these shows, so you know what we're getting into, um, we're going to spend the next hour talking about right-footed left wingers, as Joe said. We'll be talking briefly about the position itself at first and what we're looking for from from uh, a left winger in a Marcelo Bielsa system and then we'll reveal our four potential targets before profiling each one and then we'll end the show by talking valuation and close by picking our best option in the position and for those of you who are wondering we're going to be using five yards as our platform to scout and buy players five yards is an online transfer market for fans where you can prove you can spot talent and their prices reflect nicely those of the current market and so there are some um uh, that gives us a good idea of what we're looking at and there are also some good scout reports on there too to help inform our decisions so last time out we bought emmy buendia for 28 million to go with the 26 we spent on bubakari sumare and the 18 we spent on romain perot and this leaves us with 28.2 million uh, to spend so here's just a little summary of our squad so far as you can see we're picking up a nice little bit of performance pay uh, there as well. And some of the players, I think, have gone up in value. And that's just to show you the the, the money that we've got left. Um, if you're interested in, in checking out Five Yards, do head over to their website to find out a little bit more. Um, let's start with you, Josh, as always. Do you want to give us just a sense of what it is that we are looking for in these curiously titled right-footed left-wingers that, that we're talking about? <laughs> 
Yeah, um, I think we're trying to um, maybe mix it up a little bit uh, with with this because basically the entire time uh, that we've had Bielsa as manager, we've had someone left-footed on the left. So we started off in season one with Alioski as the left winger and over time Harrison usurped him there and he's basically been there ever since. Um, Harrison's been really good uh, this season and sort of steadily uh, improved over his time. But we have four wingers in our in our squad uh, and all of them are left-footed. There is no one who um, could play on the left and drift inside, um, maybe be a bit more of a threat as a goal scorer from the left. Um, that may be a tactical thing, but... I, I feel that it would be something, um, it'd be a profile that could be added to this squad to just change up the attack uh, at times. So we're looking specifically, obviously, for a right footer because it can open up different angles uh, in attacking phases. Someone to come inside, they can weigh in with goals. They could maybe take a bit more responsibility in playmaking uh, as well as getting on the ball high up. Uh, Harrison tends to sort of stay very high and wide, uh, whereas Rafinha does a lot of the drifting inside to create. Uh, it would be interesting to see, could we have someone that could assist in that from the left as well? Maybe sort of with the attacking midfielder and Rafinha sort of all roaming a little bit. Uh, that that might break from what Bielsa's tended to work with, but could be interesting. Um, looking for someone with a high level of ability uh, in 1v1s um, and can carry the ball a lot in transition. Um, but yeah, the main thing is we want someone that can be a threat on the inside as well as the outside. Cool. And um, I'll come to you first on this, Joe. What do you make of the of the of the the way that Leeds play in their in through their wide players in particular? Um, because obviously, as Josh has said, we've pretty much had uh, Jack Harrison on that side, who is pretty much a classic winger in that sense, in that he looks to to get isolated one v one, looks to hit bylines and, and cross the ball in, and uh, doesn't really drift inside. In, in the way that we're talking about here. And um, if he does sort of cut the ball back, it is from the byline and, and keeping it low. So do you think that there, there's scope for a player of this of this sort of approach? And and how do you en envisage that sort of working? Because we've seen for a long time, especially in the championship, I think, under Bielsa, that that, that left-sided winger was essentially an outball Um the build-up would happen in the right-hand side. The, the the ball would be get floated out to the to the left onto Harrison's foot. Uh, he would then take it down, try and go one to one against a, a fullback, and and try and create <clears> from there. In the Premier League, we're doing it quite differently. Um, so I'm really interested in your thoughts on on how a different profile of player in that slot might look. Well, that was one of the things that I sort of had in my notes was that you know any player who's going to play on that side um, because of how, how Luke Ayling is because of how Calvin Phillips is, uh, you're going to need to be very good at receiving and distributing high balls. Um, so, you pro I mean, I know that it's changed to an extent, but I don't see a, 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 an incredible shift. However, I think you need to, if you're going to be a right-footed left winger, you, you obviously need that ability to come inside and to, to be comfortable in central spaces. Um, I think 
one of the areas where Jack Harrison probably doesn't get enough plaudits is, is his defensive work rate, um, which is absolutely phenomenal for a player in his position. Um, you know, he's in sort of the, the 90th and upwards percentile. So like the top 10% of players for tackles made, tackles in the defensive third, tackles in the attacking third, um, pressures, successful pressures. You know, he is... You know, he epitomizes the lead system. You know, nobody is getting away with not doing their defending. Um, and I think that's something that we'll we'll have to consider when we're we're picking these players. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, let's kick off, as always, Josh, with you. Um actually, no, we need to do the reveal, don't we? The big reveal, <laughs> the thing that everyone tunes in for. So uh without further ado, here are the four players that we have picked that we're gonna look at tonight. So we've got no surprises here, Ryan Kent, someone who, if you follow Josh, will have seen plenty of <laughs> tweets and videos about um, Ryan Kent, uh, Ryan Kent at Rangers. PSV's Cody. Uh, now, how are we going to say this? It's it's technically a Dutch G, isn't it? So it's Hakpo or something like that. Um, depending on where you're from, if you're Belgian, it's Hakpo. So there you go. Um, plenty of language acquisition going on on this, on this podcast <laughs> as always. Um, another interesting name, uh, Werder Bremen's Milot Rashica. Um, and and then I guess another interesting name, Arno Danjuma uh, at Bournemouth. So these are the four players that that we have picked, um, and we're going to talk about tonight. So let's kick off with with Ryan Kent, then Josh. Given that you've been dying to talk about him ever since we started this season. <laughs> yeah, I have. You're you're right. He's um he's probably if I could choose just one player for for us to sign this summer, I think I think it would be him. So I'm I'm showing my hand. In the first thing that I say, but anyway, uh, so he's 24. Uh, he came through at Liverpool. Uh, he had a, a string of loans, sort of mostly underwhelming loans, to be honest. Um, before before he went to Rangers um, in uh, 18 19, and he did really well there, uh, encouraging them to buy him. So they spent uh, seven or eight million pounds on him. I've forgotten the exact figure. But playing there, he's basically playing either on the left wing or as one of two tens. Um, but when he plays as a ten, he's basically operating in very similar spaces to when he's a pure left winger because he's when he's at ten, he tends to pull out wide quite a bit. When he's wide, he tends to come narrow. So um, he's got 10 goals and nine assists uh, in 3,440 minutes in all competitions this season. When you watch him, he is just a very high-intensity player. Um, he's so direct that that stands out straight away. Basically, when he gets the ball, his first thought is, how can I run towards the goal as quickly as possible, <laughs> basically? So if he's receiving it back to goal, his first thought is, can I spin and take take a man on? Um, he does that thing that Rodrigo does, where if the ball's coming to him back to goal, he is turning as it as it comes to him. He wants to receive on the spin, probably on the outside of his foot, knock it around the player. If anyone saw uh, the Rangers v Celtic game from the weekend, he just completely turned... Um, Scott Brown in in the midfield burned him and uh, and then they he got fouled but they scored anyway. Um, so he's a box of tricks. Uh, when when he's dribbling, uh, he's he 
tries a lot of step overs, drag backs. He takes lots of um, small touches when he's dribbling. So I think he's always sort of trying to unsettle the balance uh, of his opponent, throw a body feint, and then as soon as they're committed, he's passed them. I think he would be our best dribbler. That's probably uh, a controversial take because I think a lot of people are going to say, well, isn't Rafinha our best dribbler? But I think he, I think he's just got a little bit more. Uh, it's got a little bit more silk. I'm, I'm, I'm putting that out there. He loves a, a, a chop back. So he, he will go to the byline, faint to, faint to cross or shoot or whatever, and he will he will chop back. If you saw um, the goal that he scored on the day, I think it was the day before they won the title. Uh, he he really like gave it the big one of I'm going to shoot here, and then he just chopped it back onto his left foot, which is his weaker foot, uh, and and shot into the into the corner from the edge of the box. Uh, and that's something that is uh, stands out with him that he's really comfortable passing, shooting and crossing with his left foot as well as his right foot, which I think makes him even better for me because if if it is a tactical thing uh, in our system, which I think we all think that it is, that the left winger stays high and wide and goes down the line a lot, he would need to be able to do that as well as bring the what he can bring inside. Uh, and I don't see him struggling with that at all, which is really important. I think maybe some of the other players are not as strong in, in that regard. Um, he's really good in tight spaces. When he's surrounded, I think he always seems to manage to be able to shift it quickly. Uh, if he's in the box surrounded by a couple of players, he just always seems to be able to make a bit of space for himself to get a shot away. Um, and speaking of shots, this is one of my issues. He takes a lot of long-range shots. Um, it's good to have a threat from outside the box. I think Stuart, <laughs> Stuart <laughs> Dallas has been our main threat <laughs> from outside the box uh, this season, which on people that have listened to All Stats Aren't We podcast before, that's something that we've um, criticised in the past. That he's quite wasteful, but this season he's he's pinging them in from all over the place. So it's nice to have that, but I think he's quite um, he can be quite one track minded in that in that position. Uh, he's also danger in behind as well as receiving to his feet, which I like as well. So he's varied in his game. He's not too one dimensional. Uh, Joe mentioned about the defensive work rate. Um, I don't think he's as natural as Harrison, but I think he's got, he puts a shift in off the ball. Uh, he works hard. Uh, that He's pressed up the pitch and won, won the ball for Rangers on a few occasions where they've ended up scoring. <clears throat> I don't know if he'd be used to tracking back as much as Harrison has to track back. That, that might be a little bit more of an issue. Um, but I think the pressing up the pitch, he's got the intensity uh, in his game for that. I think uh, a criticism that would be um, perhaps levelled at him uh, would be that he gives the ball away like loads. Um, you know that with this kind of player, but I think he... Uh, 
he does it even more than 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 most because he's just so direct. He's looking for to dribble all the time or play the uh, play the the final through ball so often um, that he can take a heavy touch or he can play a pass when it wasn't really on and he could have just kept the ball or played it back. Um, and the other thing about him is that he can be inconsistent. So this season he started like on fire for, for Rangers at, when they had a really fast start to the season. I mean, to be fair, they basically just powered through the whole season, but he was like the star man in the first couple of months. And then he, he sort of plateaued Um but they had enough <laughs> incredible players uh, relative to the league to to pull it through. But then he's finished the season really, really strongly. Um, but he does always show up in the big games. So against Celtic, uh, he he always seems to score or assist. In the Europa League, he's put in a lot of big performances, title-winning game, so on. Um, I wonder if playing in the bigger stage of the Premier League would sort of bring that out of him a bit more. And speaking of Celtic, uh, there was a famous moment where he did um, punch Scott Brown in the face. So he's <laughs> he's a bit fiery. So I think that's maybe something to just note uh, about him. Uh, and the final thing that I'm going to say is that it could be difficult to attain him being that Rangers have made it into the, the Champions League or at least the qualifying uh, round of the Champions League. So he, he might not want to move, but that, yeah, be interesting. Hmm. And we've got a quote here from Five Yards. That's uh, right. From yeah. One of the scouting reports. So did you want to talk us through that? Yeah. So this uh, this guy, I've, I wrote his name down. I've instantly forgotten it. Um, William Weir. So he says that he's a big game player. Uh, he scored important goals for Celtic and in Europe thrive with the pressure of playing for a club where you're expected to win every week. So that's what I was just saying. But um, that's what, what he sort of stood out for at, at uh, Rangers and why their fans uh, absolutely love him because they know when they've got a big game, he's going to be really up for it. Hmm. We did have a question as well um, from Kay Meacock who says, any concerns about Kent making it look easy in the best squad in Scotland and the jump to the Premier League? Um, I'll give this hand this over to you, Joe. How do you how do you read the, that jump from the Scottish Premiership to the Premier League? Do you think that would be a potential issue? Um, so just to begin, Josh, did you say he went to Rangers in 1819? Uh, I did. Was I wrong? Well, I mean, it just seems like he's been there for quite a while, if you know it's <laughs> that long ago. <laughs> Oh, that, that's falling on deaf ears, unfortunately. <laughs> I was I was talking about oh, he's been there for about two oh. years, but um, <laughs> oh no, yeah, you um, get, yeah, went well, went completely yeah, over went my completely head. over the heads. But um, no, in terms of in terms of big game, him being a big game player, yeah, he is. He's a very big game player. I think that that is my that that was my immediate concern. The 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 comment that we had there um, about making the step up. I think. Um, you you know you can go from being in the best squad in Scotland, the best team who are dominating games, and I think you are going to look good. Essentially, um, you know, there's there are other players there like Yanis Haji, who I'm I'm very fond of, but hasn't done anywhere nearly as well as as Ryan Kent. Um, so there is there, there is a credence to say that you know he is he is actually doing well, even considering the circumstances. My only concern, well, I've got a few actually, is that. 
you, you mentioned about his Josh, his shots. Um, a lot of them get blocked, and it's because I think they're not from good locations. And you know, I don't have any issue with players who take shots from outside the box. It's just that his when whenever he, whenever he does take them from outside the area, a lot of the time they are getting blocked. Um, and you think, well, in a team which is so transitional as Leeds, you know, you, you're not going to immediately, a lot of the time you won't immediately recover the ball and, and reset and just go for another attack. You'll, you'll be on the other, on the other foot. You'll be going to do some defending. So you'd essentially, you'd want good shot, shot making decisions, um, which I think Jack Harrison does at the moment. Um, and another thing I noticed in his numbers was that um, his, his, his dribbling as, as in terms of his, his, um, the, the, What's the word? The, the well, the amount, the amount that he's dribbled uh, over the years has has gradually fallen. And I was just wondering. For, I mean, I know you're very fond of him, Josh, but is that to do with him making better decisions? Is he releasing the ball sooner, or has he sort of has he plateaued in that in that respect? Because I think, you know, I, I agree. I think he probably would be the best dribbler at Leeds. Um, but I think when you come up against better, more, you know, more intelligent opponents in the Premier League as you do every single week, um, then you kind of have to be even sharper with your decision-making. I think it's why we've seen Helder Costa struggle with in, in one-on-ones. You know, a lot of people have said, well, he just won't beat a man. And then, well, I think that's because, you know, it's the it's a reflection of how how the league is. Um, I think, yeah, he, he's always involved. He is a big game player, um, does have that fiery streak, as you said. But I think... For for me, I'd need I'd need to to have the concerns about the the shot locations and the um the the dribbling sort of clarified. Mm. The the shots thing is that's that's definitely there. I did I wrote um I wrote about him in the scouted football Patreon, and uh, that was something that I that I pointed out that it there there were a lot of blocked shots from the edge of the box. I I do wonder if that is partly um the effects of Rangers and teams defending really deep and there being mm-hmm. plenty of bodies in the box. Um, so that, I guess that would partly allay that for me, but um, it doesn't mean that he doesn't make bad decisions in terms of shooting. Cause I think he does. Um, Do you not think yeah, that it's valid. one of those things that's quite easy to coach out of players like shooting decisions like uh, I guess if we were talking about uh, something which is maybe a little bit more technical um or you know something to do with the physicality or our athleticism you'd have more concerns like for me just a player who shoots too much you just say to them let's think about where you're shooting from let's shoot less if we think that you're less likely to score from there and it's something which is overcome quite quite easily is it not well, I think that yes, but at the same time, you know, you've got you will always have players who get into a position, and no matter how well they've been coached, there has to be that conscious decision every time to say no. I need to pass instead of taking this shot on. No, I need to reset, start again. Um, and I think with, I mean, I, I don't know Ryan Kent personally. I haven't watched him from you know his his the beginning of his career when he was with Liverpool. I couldn't tell you what his sort of mentality is apart from that he does always seem to turn up in in those big games. So I think, yeah, it is one of those elements which is coachable, but surely after three years with Rangers where, you know, with Steven Gerrard, who, to be fair, did have his fair share of long shots. So maybe <laughs> maybe he wasn't, uh, he hasn't been too uh, encouraging in terms of, sorry, discouraging in that regard. Um, I think, yeah, I agree with what you, I know what you're saying, 
But my concern is that if you're constantly taking shots that you're getting blocked and ricocheting into the middle, possibly behind the two number eights you've pushed up to support, that's where I'm I'm I'm, I'm having concerns. Mm. One final thing on on Kent before we move on, because I am aware of time. We've we've talked a lot about how. Uh, I think most of these players are players who'd like to come central. Uh, we've not really looked at, I don't think there's really any of these uh, players that we're looking at tonight who are like classic wingers in the sense that they're just going to hug the touchline. Um, and I wondered if you could maybe touch on that as well, Josh, because it's almost like he plays as a second striker, he plays as a 10. How important do you think that adaptability and the flexibility is is going to be as well? And we should touch on the dribbling as well that, that Joe talked yeah. about as well. So I'll, I'll hand this over to you. Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, he could be also used as a as an attacking midfielder. Um, it, I think it there would be a bit of positional discipline that would need to happen there. Um, but I think yeah, he he's definitely not uh, a classic winger. But I think I, I like the idea of having someone who is um, yeah able to play. I guess all along the the uh, the line behind the striker, really, uh, I I feel that he would do that really well. Um, the dribbling thing, um, yeah, I think I think it is a bit that he's maybe maturing uh, in terms of knowing when to when to try and take someone on or not, or when to carry the ball or not. But I mean, it's still something that stands out when you watch him. That the first thought he has is, "Can I, te- can I run with it? Can I dribble?" And then you just see him sometimes think, "Oh, I've got to pass it." It's a bit, it's a bit like that. Like he's, he definitely doesn't want to turn back uh, if he doesn't have to. But I think, yeah, I, th- I think his decision making in knowing when to dribble is probably better than his decision making in knowing when to shoot. Hmm. Well, as I've said, I'm, I'm aware of time. So let's move on to the next player on our list, which is Cody Hakpo. Um, and Joe, you're going to talk a little bit about, about him. Yeah, yeah. Um, an immense pronunciation, I think, you know, for, for, the, for the Dutch listeners as well as the Belgians. Um, I'm sure there's many. But yeah, Cody Hakpo, <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, he's kind of, he's, he's not burst onto the scene with PSV because, you know, well, I should say he's at PSV Eindhoven in the Netherlands. Um, he's, you know, he's been coming, he's PSV through and through. Um, he's been, you know, coming up through the club's academy for a while. And I think he's around 21, just about to turn 22 next month. Um, and, you know, he's had a few injuries um, sort of before he began to fill out and, and really, you know, grow into his frame. Um, and the reason that I like him as, as a potential is because similar to Kent in the same way that he can also essentially play as a, a second striker. I actually think he, he can double as a, as a centre forward. Um, he's got, I mean, he, he is an inside forward, you know, he plays on the left, but he's all of his good stuff happens inside. Um, you know, he's got, he's got a real repertoire finishes. Um, but he, he, again, similarly to Ryan Kent, very good dribbler. Um, you know, he, he plays vertically, he plays directly. Um, he, 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 he's a real nuisance. I think since, since he, he, he bulked up a little bit, which, which kind of came over the, over the end of last season at the beginning of this season, you know, when he's, when he's, you know, really driving forward, cutting onto that right foot just outside the box. Um, he does have that trademark finish, which is always something that I'm going to like about a player like that, uh, especially when I'm thinking about them, whether they're going to sign for Leeds, because, you know, they are, 
th- th- that's a player who is going to be very good in transition. Um, and this season under Roger Smith uh, at PSV, he's been quite tactically flexible with how he's used Gakpo um, because he's been used as the left-sided midfielder in the the, the, the penultimate line in a 4 um, or as the supporting centre-forward or as the, the main centre-forward. Um, so he's, he's he's quite versatile. I think if I, if I was being very frugal, and I know that Victor Orta might not be, um, I, I'd say that I, I quite like Akpo in the sense that he could probably double as a centre-forward if in the event that Patrick Bamford got a serious injury and a striker wasn't a striker of Bamford's quality and work rate wasn't acquired in the summer. Um, you know, he's got very good feet. He's physical enough. I've got no doubts that he'd be he'd be up to the test for the Premier League. Um, very good at attacking transitions, very good at going sort of either way up until he reaches the box. Um, I, I just think in terms of a player, a, a player who starts wide in terms of finishing, in terms of ball progression, spatial awareness, um, all, the, all those aspects, I think he is somebody who probably trumps most of the others uh in in the list um, i mean he does have his 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 nicks to his game um you know I'd, I'd be interested to see his defensive output um at, at a more statistical level because from the eye test it's very much like a well he isn't really doing that much because he doesn't have to um given the the sort of the circumstances of you know psv and the Eredivisie. um but you know his his goal scoring has, has has translated up through the through the gears from under 19s to under 21s to the first team, um, and I think you know in terms of in terms of winning duels, speed across the ground, the ability to finish confidently, which you know we've I mean Harrison's got seven goals this season. I think you know it's a fantastic return for a first season back. Um, I think he would be Cody Hagbo will be able to 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 replicate that. I think, but it'll be interesting to see how he does. Uh, against Premier League opponents. Hmm. I'm just looking at his data now, actually, and he looks pretty impressive in terms of the defensive side of things. He's got um, 7.9 high-pressing actions uh, per 90 this season, uh, which is higher than Rafinha. I don't have Jack Harrison's to hand. I I suspect Jack Harrison's may be slightly higher than that, but that's well above average for the top five leagues, so I don't think that would be an issue whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Um, Josh, I'll come to you because you do a lot of scouting in the Eredivisie. You will no doubt have watched Hakpo. So what do you make of him? Yeah, I, I the top of my notes say the exact same thing that Joe sort of concentrated on there, which is that I, I put he could be an option to to back up Bamford. And um, yeah, I th- it, that it, it's obvious to me that, um, and he, he's by far the, the tallest out of any of these players. He's six foot two, I think um around that and uh he's got a lot of running power uh i think um i can't remember which was it against not romania uh in the um 20 uh, in the under 21 hungary the last game when they yes, won yes that's 12. right yeah. yeah they just couldn't stop him yeah but he would just he was just coming in from the left and just like a running like a truck yeah. like towards the goal and it he was just he, he was just so physically dominant that they they couldn't get near him and i was thinking if he was having to do some of the back to goal work that bamford has to do i think he he's got the frame to do that and he's clearly got the um got the the ability to cover the ground and do the pressing so 
yeah, I think that's a big tick uh, for for him. Maybe some of these others could fill in as a as an option as an uh, as an attacking midfielder as well as a winger. But no one else can on this list for me can do the Bamford job. Uh, mm. Only only Hagpo. Um, I think he's good at arriving in the box. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. From, that's one from thing crosses from the other side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very yeah. Like he he always just seems to be at the far post when the ball is coming mm. across. Which once you watch and watch and watch, it just becomes so apparent that he's always there. A lot of his goals come from that way. Yeah, so that's something. And I, yeah, like you said, I like that he was sort of make an out to win run and shoot from from the edge of the box but not in that sort of situation where Kent might shoot where it's like there's there's five players in front of you he'll have got himself into a position where it's he's basically shooting just one on one with the keeper but but from the edge of the box um yeah i i had noted down that playing in a in a Roger Schmidt side he should fit the intensity uh, pretty well and i think from my eye, he, yeah, he's got that intensity to press. And the other thing that I got down is I like that he um, makes a lot of angled crosses from the um, sort of the, the top corner of the box. He'll look to sort of clip it to the back post. Uh, and I think Rafinha attacks the back post quite a bit if if the ball's coming from the other side. I could see that uh, working quite nicely. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. I also think on that point, sorry to jump in, John, I also think that perhaps having uh, uh, somebody who is a right footer on the left-hand side, in terms of crossing, would that be better for Bamford as well in the air? Because I feel like if you position yourself going towards the back post, Bamford's not somebody who's going to sort of meet the ball in the air, which is sort of an in-swinger, um, sorry, an out-swinger, like, like an Andy Carroll back in the day. Whereas I think if it was an in-swinger, sort of just getting that that glance, getting that touch on it, I think maybe more suited. That's just, I mean, that, that's not something which has has any. <laughs> that's actually really good. I've never thought of that. Um, the yeah, I, I, that's not something that I've given any sort of serious thought to. Just when Josh mentioned it there, I thought actually maybe that would be better suited. But I mean, who knows? Um, I can only think of um, the Sheffield United away goal this season mm-hmm. where Bamford got a got a clear. Uh, head on goal from a Harrison cross in that. I mean, I'm sure there are others, but that one stands out because he scored it. But 
it also feels as though when we when we do cross from that area, we usually use Alioski, and it's you, you build the ball you build the ball up in that wide area, and then the ball's laid back to Alioski, who's got quite a good cross on him, and mm-hmm. and so that is is always going to be a sort of outswinging cross into the back post. So um, it's definitely something that I was thinking of when I was scouting some of these players, just how much of a different option that ability to have a right footed clip into the box can have in terms of uh, of an attacking option. And I think part of the problem is, is that on that left-hand side, because everyone who's pretty much there is, I guess, with the exception of when um, of when either D- Dallas or Click ends up crossing from that area, but I don't think either of those two are necessarily as good at crossing, is it's always coming from a left foot. And so you're, you're always sort of, I think you, you, you sort of lose something in that action, not, not least because it's easier for defenders to, to, to block them I think the ability to cut back onto your right foot then and and then sort of swing the ball around the the defenders into the box and make it dangerous is is really quite is is, is really quite undervalued and I think would make a big difference for us um there as well and yeah just to add to what you were saying um watching Kakpo this week he, he looked he looks really rangy like he he and and it's interesting isn't it because like the players that we're sort of looking at in general are fairly big guys as a rule I think uh, with the exception of Rashica, the other guys are, are fairly big uh, and fairly fairly tall, um, and it's definitely a sort of different different genre of player than you would have got ten years ago in 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 that sort of um, in that sort of winger mold, which I, I found quite interesting. Um, but talking about Rashica, we should we should move on. I'll I'll talk about him now. So for those of you who don't know, Rashica uh, Rashica is um. Uh, Kosovan player, so he he came through uh, the youth system of a of a Kosovan team before going to Vitesse Arnhem, uh, and then moving to Werder Bremen in in, in two thousand and eighteen, where he's been ever since. Now, Rashica burst onto the scene that season twenty eighteen nineteen, um, and a lot of people were raving about him. But then s- since then, he's he sort of dropped off the radar a little bit. Um, partly, I think, because Bremen haven't had a particularly good time of it in the Bundesliga recently. Um, this season, for example, they are still potential relegation candidates. It's all quite close at the bottom and um, there could be uh, there could be the chance that they do end up going into the relegation playoff. Um, so in that sense, I was, I've been saying to Josh, actually, I think these are the sorts of players we should be looking at, these players who have shown that they can do quite well, um, but have made maybe, um, maybe muted in the last few seasons because of the clubs that they're at um, and you can maybe get some value there. The other thing to say about Rashica in terms of a signing is that he's got international caps for Kosovo, so he would be no problem signing him uh, in terms of the the GBE rules. Um, Rashica usually plays in either on the left or the right, so you've got that flexibility there in a 3-4-3 or a 4-2-3-1 in one of those wide positions. He's another player who really likes to come central a lot as well, um, which I think probably unites all of the players that we're looking at today. Um, He's played 20 times in the Bundesliga this season. He's only picked up two goals and five assists, but I think in the 18-19 season, he had something like seven seven goals and nine assists, something like that. It was a lot higher figure. Uh, and one of the important things to note about this season is that he missed a good chunk of the first part of the season to two injuries. The first one was a knee injury and the second one was a hamstring injury as well. And uh, I'm sure that's impacted his uh, performances this season as well. In terms of the the data, his, his data over the last couple of seasons hasn't been particularly impressive. Um, but that data for the 
the the season that I've been talking about a lot, the eighteen nineteen season, is really impressive, uh, and he's shown that he can do it really well. The thing that does stand out in all of his um, in in all of the data for all of the seasons is his dribbling. Um, so he's he's been he puts up over well over two dribbles per ninety every season since he's been in the Bundesliga, but closer to three than two most of them. Uh, and he has a fairly good um, dribble success rate as well. Um, so yeah, he's a he's a player who's a, a very interesting player in terms of um, his his ability to dribble. In terms of his dribbling, he is someone who I'd probably describe as an athletic dribbler rather than an intelligent dribbler. Um, sometimes when I was watching him, it felt as though he's, he's as interested as the audience to see what happens when he goes into a <laughs> dribble, if that makes any sense. So he's one of these players who is, has a really um, great ability at getting out of problems um, just through his athleticism. And so it's almost like he goes and he tries to go around one player and then he'll come up against another defender and then he'll try and go around them. And it, it, it felt to me more um, as, as though he was was sort of working his way through it as he was coming uh, across it. Um, I've actually, I said this to Josh as well before we started, he reminds me a lot of Jack Harrison, really. Um, he, he, they, they both have quite compact bodies. Um, they both have that level of athleticism. Um, and I do, I do think that Rashidza is maybe slightly, a slightly better technical player than, than Harrison. Um, and I also note with uh, a level of irony that the fact that we've criticised Harrison for some of his decision-making at times. And I do think that Rashidza does have problems with decision-making as well. So it, perhaps um, Rashidza could be seen as a sort of Harrison replacement, but with a right foot rather than a left foot and maybe slightly better. So slightly, um, a slightly upgraded player. So I don't know whether or not that would figure into people's decision-making in terms of him as an option. Um, in terms of the de- defensive side of things, I actually really like him off the ball. Um, I think he's got good energy. He's got good decision. Discipline. He likes to track back. I don't know if he likes to, but he certainly does it. Um, his pressing technique could definitely be improved. Um, but in terms of the movement, I think he would work in our system with no problems. And he actually pr- presses high, very, very similar to the way that Jack Harrison does as well. Um, in the se- in the way that you see Harrison, um, you know, pushing from the the wide fullback into the into the striker, he does that really well, and so would fit probably into our system quite nice from that. From that point of view, um, in terms of defensive transition, again, he's very good at tracking players deep. Um, although I think his tackling is probably worse than than Harrison, so he he is either quite easy to dribble past in deep scenarios, or he'll give away fouls in in those areas as well. Um, and his positioning, I think, is good as well. I've said that his um, his weakness is probably decision making, but. I don't think that really extends to his his sort of positioning on the field. I think he he's been he's quite an, an impressive, not impressive, but certainly a, um, above average reader of the game in that sense. So his movement would be great, and I think that's something that's important for anyone that you're looking at in terms of a um, in terms of a, a player coming into a Bielsa team, where obviously the movement is is very important. Um, in terms of build up, so back on on the ball now. In terms of the build up uh, and the um, the possession stuff um Rashidza's passing is sometimes a bit off um and again you marry that with his sometimes questionable decision making and you probably argue there are probably better options out there in this regard um and uh, I do think that maybe even Harrison is is better in that in those sort of tight build up phases um uh, than than Rashidza is in terms of crossing I think he's a decent crosser actually he's a decent crosser with his right and he's passable with his left although I did note that his left foot crossing is a bit flatter and much less accurate than his right foot crossing uh, but he is able to go down on the outside 
um, and and hit the byline on the left hand side and, and get crosses in. So much as Josh was saying before, um, he he wouldn't be a worry in that respect. If we were going to play him on the left, he's still going to be able to get to to the byline and and create stuff from there. Um, and then the other things that I've noted are the one he's again like a lot of the players that we've talked about he's got a level of flexibility and adaptability he likes to come inside he can play right side left side he could probably play him again in the in the center uh, although maybe his pressing might not be up for him playing as a as an eight in our system um and then in terms of creativity i've noted down that um his creativity is mainly coming from dribbling, but he's also quite a good goal scorer. Um, so he's um, when when he does get one on one with keepers, he's he's quite a dangerous player in that respect as well. Which I think he, he's certainly better than Harrison in that regard as well. So um, I think that that pretty much does it for for me on Rashitsa. Um Joe, you were telling us that you wrote about um, about Rashitsa for the scouted handbook a few years back, uh, but completely forgotten about it. But no doubt you've you've re- re- revised and, and had a look back at what you wrote. So I'm interested in what, what your take is on, on Rashitsa. Yeah, so I mean, Rashitsa was was somebody who obviously in that 18-19 season the, with, a, with a slash in the middle between the 18 and the 19, um, <laughs> that he was just somebody who was fantastic for Verde. Um, and towards the end of that season, there was rumours about him potentially going to buy Munich. I remember, uh, I think there was some about him potentially going to buy Leverkusen. It was very much understood that he would leave, but he's, he's still there. And I'm, I'm, if you told me this time two years ago that, that Rashica would still be at Verda, I'd be very surprised. Um, but he, he does seem to have sort of plateaued in a sense, but I don't think that's entirely his fault. Uh, Verda have been, I mean, last year they were pretty abject. I, I mean, I don't know how they survived um, the relegation. Uh, and and this season, I can't say I've w- watched very much of them, but it's um, with Florian Kohfeldt still the manager there. So I guess that it's very much the same. Um, what I'm, I'm, I was having a scan of the, the profile that I wrote, um, and I'm really, really disappointed that I didn't describe him as as a Tasmanian devil because that is very much what he is like. He's just he, he's he's all pace, he's all energy, he's all speed. He's very very direct. Um, I think. You know, one thing that I did actually quite like about him was that he has no hesitancy when it comes to shooting. Um, so you could, he could be played through and it wouldn't be, a, oh, am I going to hit this with my left, with my right? Am I going to chop back? It would just simply be, I'm going to hit this as hard as I can, hard and low, try and hit the target. Um, and, and I think that was kind of the secret of why he was so good uh, in that 18-19 season. I do think he did overperform his XG, but you put him in a more attacking team and that might change. Um, you, you know, you might he might convert a lot more chances because he's getting them, uh, as opposed to at Verde. Um, the, the defensive aspect, I think it, it was it was something which I noticed a couple of years ago when I wrote that. Um, but I think by the sounds of it, he's he's very much refined that. You know, he was as you said, his pressing technique was you know all all stations go, um, and you know it's it was very easy to bypass him. It was it was less coordinated than you'd perhaps get with someone in this Leeds team. Um, and I'd say just in summary, yeah, he is, he is an exciting player, but at the same time, if you're that way inclined to be frustrated by the occasional things that Alioski does, then you will also be frustrated <laughs> by a lot of the things that Milo Rashica does. Um, so that's, that, that's in, in summary of, of going over my notes, that is essentially what, what, what came back to mind. Hmm. And Josh, <laughs> you're, you're, a, you're a person who has been frustrated by jack harrison as well and so me describing the the overlap between the two of them i wonder whether or not that makes you maybe uh, a little bit more hesitant in about the idea of rashitsa 
there there are times where I've described the partnership of Harrison and Alioski as the left side of death, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, but they, they've to be fair to both of them, they've done really well uh, this season. As much as I've had my had my issues um, with Alioski, and we know that he's basically going to get replaced, but um, yeah, my my feelings about. Uh, Rashid, so I I um don't have lots to add, but something that I noticed, I wrote I wrote down that he has really sort of fluid movements. Um, I think he's quite wriggly. I was so I was watching um <laughs> yeah. watching watching Phil Foden last night for um uh for Man City against Villa, and I mean he was unbelievable the way he would just get he would he would just wriggle through when you you thought there's no way that he can get past here uh, and Matty Cash had no idea what was going on but uh, I I feel that I see some of that in 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 his movements of, of his just the way he moves his body I think he can he can get through when you don't think he can uh, and his ball striking as well uh, I just I just think that he can he can generate an awful lot of power uh, on on the ball, I think he's probably like. Oh, I think all of these players can can hit the ball hard, um, but he looks like he shouldn't be able to hit the ball as hard as he can. I think that's the thing that that stands out to me. Um, mm. But yeah, that that does result in him taking some shots where you're going, why have you why have you taken that shot? Mm. We've had a few questions. So I feel duty bound to to put them up so Claudio is here and he says I'll probably get flat for this and yes you definitely will but a Chilean can dream right but how about Alexis Sanchez Inter's looking at selling him this summer apparently John H says do you want to help pay his, pay his wages Claudio uh, and Claudio says I'll start a, a GoFundMe um, uh, and then then Claudio says but in all seriousness the player John is talking about reminds me of how Sanchez plays if that's the case I'm all for it I think Leeds is missing a winger that's a little more technical in sports stations yeah I mean there is there is there's definitely um, comparisons between the, the two I think especially when it comes to decision making and it being poor um, but yeah um, Jack Dart says talk about ASM cowards um, <laughs> yeah Joe's Joe's going to hide away when we talk about when we talk about Sam Maximum. Um but um we did have a question as well from Kane who says which of the four do you feel would fit best with previous left back picks which I think is really interesting I was thinking about that point. actually now just in terms of you know if we we, we you, you talked about the left side of death but obviously if we don't have Alioski playing as a left back uh, next season then it, it will change the way that we think about that position a lot I think so did, did you have any quick thoughts on that Josh before we move on yeah I mean to be honest I think I think they would all do well in that I, th- I quite like so on the right you obviously have like ailing gets so high up um i don't think alioski gets in the box as much as as ailing although he seems he takes more shots i think i mean that's anecdotal rather than actually being i didn't just check that but to my <laughs> mind <laughs> to my mind alioski takes more shots whereas ailing gets into the box more and tries to cross it um, but I wonder if if you've got a player coming inside a bit, then you've got that. It creates a bit more space for the left back. In our case, we've we've bought Perro. If he he goes down the goes down the left, and he can actually get 
higher up the pitch a little bit more. Whereas I think Harrison is, um, he's often in that space because he stays so wide. Yeah. But obviously no, I... there, there are underlapping runs that Alioski makes as well. So that, mm. that, that is also possible. So much of this question, the question that, about this, that, interest me is the fact that we've talked so long about the way that Leeds play in terms of the ideal way of playing but I don't think we do that so much anymore um I do think we still build up mainly down the right hand side but um we obviously are much more direct as a team um and I think that probably changes things as well and the, this comes back to the big question that we always talk about which is you know does Bielsa want to get back to the ideal or is he going to change uh, the, the the sort of way that the team plays in the Premier League and just accept that he can't play that ideal way um, going forward. But I think we could talk about this all night. So um, let's move on to the final player in our list, um, who is Arno Danjuma at, at Bournemouth. Uh, Josh, you wanted to talk about him? Yeah. So uh, he's playing for, for Bournemouth uh, at the moment in the Championship. He's 24. Uh, he is another Dutchman. Uh, they signed him from uh, Club Brugge uh, in 2019. Uh, this season, he's got 17 goals and and seven assists um, from, I think he's got only a, around, so I wrote this down that he had 8.07 XG, but that was before last night when he had a couple of big chances, so I'm sure that's gone up a bit. Um that's that's 0.53 xg per 90 uh, and he's putting up uh 0.18 xa per 90 so his numbers are, are high uh that 0.53 xg uh from from a winger that's that's super impressive uh so he he is a goal scorer uh more than more than anything else um so he plays um he plays more on the last man uh, than any of these other players uh he stays he stays high and wide a little bit more like uh Harrison so perhaps in that way he could be a bit more like having just taking that uh position and not changing the way that he plays it that much um but as, essentially having a right foot but He's still able to take shots on his left uh, as well. So he, he will cut inside on his right most of the time. That's what he prefers. And he prefers to open his body up side foot uh, into the far corner. But he's not afraid at all of just burning the fullback on the outside and trying to shoot uh, with his left. It's a bit more wild, uh, his shooting with his left. Um and sometimes he'll he'll basically just leather it at the uh, at the near post uh, with his left foot, and but that's that's still uh, been pretty successful this season. He's got a stocky build, probably more so than any of these others. So I think Kent's quite slim. Uh, Hakpo is he's got the sort of the powerful frame, um, but yeah, Danjuma's bit more short and stocky but i think that gives him a bit of um bit of added physicality when he dribbles i think he's hard to knock off the ball uh, i don't think he's as skillful a dribbler as as any of these others um but he is still really capable of taking players on great goal that he scored um last week against norwich where he uh 
he cut inside with a lovely bit of skill uh, against Max Aaron's uh, beat another player inside and then shot back across himself into the top corner. It was a ridiculous finish, to be honest. It didn't see. He, I didn't really see how he could get the power on it that he could coming back across his body. But yeah, go out of your way to watch that goal if you haven't, because it's really, really good. Um, so he, he can take the ball inside to create, um, but he doesn't do that as often. Uh, I think when he comes inside, he's coming inside to shoot. Whereas I think these these other guys, you would also see them come inside and play little through balls uh, in between the, the fullback and the centre-back for in our case, Bamford, to, to run onto it and score. I don't think you would see him do that as much. Um, I think he would, he presses, um, presses really well. Um, but Bournemouth are not a very pressy team. So I think it would be pressing well for Bournemouth and pressing well for Leeds are, are a very different thing. Um, so I think it would be something for him to... Um, yeah, adjust to perhaps more so than than these others. I think they would find it a bit easier. Uh, and I've got a note on his his attitude. So he's mega confident. Uh, he's on record as saying that he thinks he's the best striker from Holland, basically. <laughs> uh, which is it? They've got some players. <laughs> they've they've got some players. So he he's an extremely confident guy. Um, and being that he's 24 and playing in the championship, um, I would say that's uh, quite a bold, uh, a bold claim. Might be a bit misguided, but I really, I do really like him a lot. Um, but I think that's uh, that says something about him. But he he is prove he is proving himself, uh, and I feel like in this time where Bournemouth are charging up the table again when they fell out of the playoffs uh, earlier in the season. He's been the, the star man in the last couple of months. He's the reason why they're the form team coming into the end of the season. Um, so I think I, I, I like that. I think the two players that I've talked about, they're players that really take responsibility uh, for their teams. And that's something that I like a lot. I think Leeds need more players that will, sort of uh, take responsibility in, in attack. As I feel like it's it's kind of, we had Pablo Hernandez, took, took he took responsibility. Got Rafinha who takes responsibility to make things happen. And uh, yeah, when, when he's not there, sometimes I think who's going to make something happen. Uh, I think he could do that, although it would probably be more like, he's the one who's going to take a chance perhaps rather than he's the one that's going to create. So that might not be the right, <laughs> the quite the right thing, but yeah, I like him. Oh, he's probably the best Dutch striker in Bournemouth, right? So we'll <laughs> um, I'll, I'll hand this over to you, Joe. What, what do you make of, uh, of Dan Juma from, from what you've seen of him? Um, I mean, I think he's the best Dutch striker in Dorset. So I think, you know, <laughs> just widen the parameters a bit. Um, I, I mean, I, I can't say that I've watched any Bournemouth games this season, but sort of going back through um, Dan Juma's clips, the first thing that is apparent is that he is a very confident player. Um, you know, there's, 
very much in the same way that Rashidza doesn't really hesitate when it comes to, to to taking his shots on. You know, there's there doesn't seem to be any hesitancy there when when Dan Juma is, is going in, uh, and you know that the the side footed one which he puts to the the, the left hand side of the goalkeeper on the far post. Um, that's that's quite a good finish. I like that. I think if if Cody Hakpo is the player who sort of hits one from maybe a little bit further out and to the top corner, then Dan Juma is the one who is a little bit further in, but to the bottom corner. Um, I quite like how he probably would be always be thinking to join the forward line um, as an auxiliary wide striker. Essentially, um, I think yeah, he's yeah he he's he's a finisher, not a creator. And I think it depends what the focus is because you know I mean in terms of dribbling, I know what you mean in ter- in in the sense that you know he's probably the weakest out of these four. Um, that makes me think you know is. Is it going to be a bit easy to show him down the line and sort of very much negate the threats that Leeds could have on that side? Because you know we've seen the crosses that that Jack Harrison's put in for Rodrigo for Patrick Bamford this season. You know when he kind of takes it from the the switch, takes it on the touch, goes all the way down to the um, goes down to to the byline, and then he crosses it sort of re- at the last moment. I think it was the the one for Rodrigo against Newcastle. That was the one which really stood out to me. But there've been a few others. Um, and a few others which haven't gone in. I'd, I'd like to think that he'd be able to do that, but I think that when he receives that ball, his immediate thought is going to be to, to come inside to try and find that shot. Um, yeah. I, d- I do think that in terms of in a forward line, you know, he could probably double up with Bamford and is more of a more of a more of a striker than the than than Kent and um, than Rashidza. I think it's it's one of the other things that I quite liked about Hakpo is that he's you know he's he's got that about him. Um, I think, yeah, the, the, honestly, based on what you said, there's not a great deal more that I, I think I could add. Really, it's just that you know he's he's very yeah he just seems very confident. I don't want him coming in and upsetting the apple cart at, at home, <laughs> a humility FC, do you? <laughs> I mean, that's a fair, that's a fair that's a fair uh, thing to say because. There aren't. There definitely don't seem to be any egos, and and I think, I mean, I'm not basing that on a on lots that I know about him, but that's a pretty big claim to make, isn't it? Um, to say that you're the best Dutch striker. Hmm. Yeah, I think the only thing I would add on Dan Juma is that I think he was he's quite good in build up play. I think his link up play with players is pretty decent. Um, maybe maybe slightly better than than uh, some of the other players I looked at. Maybe not Kent, but certainly better than than Rashica in that in that sense. Um, probably not Kakpo either. But, um, I did I did like his his interchange between um, his teammates in wide areas as well, which I think is important for for the way that Leeds are, are hoping to play in in the season next season. Right, I'm conscious of time, so uh, Josh, did you want to talk a little bit about? Um, the honourable mentions. Actually, before that, if any of you guys have uh, got any uh, anything to say about any of these options that you might pick, do get in touch in the chat. But yeah, Josh, what about the honourable mentions that we that we, um, we have? Yeah, so um, we have got. Um, I'm just scrolling back up to who I wrote. <clears throat> so Dan James, pretty pretty obvious one uh, because we've just been linked with him so many times. Um, for Man United, I think people have maybe forgotten um, that he w- was at his best when he was a 
player playing on the left and able to drive with it down the line with his right foot and then maybe come in at the last minute and shoot or cut back from from the uh, from the byline and he is a a great presser um so i think he would fit and i think we know we're basically going to be linked with him again this summer because that that just doesn't go away uh i if we ever sign him i won't be surprised even though perhaps he won't uh he's not as exciting uh, attacking wise apart from being ridiculously quick uh, as some of these other ones Todd Cantwell was another one we were linked with back in the summer. I've watched him lots for uh, for Norwich uh, this season. And I think at the time when we were linked with him, I, sort of, I wasn't very excited about that, that link. Um, and still now, I think he's someone that drifts inside lots. So he definitely ticks that box. Um, and Norwich pretty pressy so I think he would fit in in the pressing but uh there's just something about him that just doesn't quite do it for me um I I I would I wouldn't say no (laughs) if we signed him but I I would think oh couldn't we have couldn't we have gone for somebody else uh, who was a little bit more uh exciting and then the other one that a few people asked us about, so it's why I've put him on here, uh, is Adamola Lookman. Uh, he's playing at Fulham at the moment, but I think we can completely rule him out because uh, he is owned by RB Leipzig and there is no way that RB Leipzig are doing deals with Leeds United anytime soon uh, after the uh, Jean-Kevin Augustin uh, incident. Okay. I did have one honourable mention. Um, my mate Tom, uh, he's technically not of this in this position whatsoever, but he was, uh, he was he wanted to lambast me for not suggesting Ryan Gold at any point previ- in previous episodes. Um, and to be fair, I'm a, I'm a fan of Ryan Gold, but I, I don't think he's Leeds quality, unfortunately. So they, there you are, Tom. You, you've had to wait an hour and three minutes, but there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were recommending your mate Tom to play for Leeds, to be honest. <laughs> hey, you never know. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you for everyone who's got in touch in, in the chat. We've had a lot. Chris Kirk says, uh, Lookman. Kay Meacock says, I think Kent offers the most, but do I ra- uh, rate him much higher than the others? Probably not. Um, Kane is going for Gakpo. Bradley Stead says Kent. Jack Dot says six months of Eddie and Ketia, which is um, interesting. Um and Kay Meacock again says, I would love Dan James. Edward Atterton says, Cody Hackbow's ability to play nine is huge. Sooner or later, we're going to have cover, for, have to have cover for Pat Bamford and a long-term replacement. I was hoping Rodrigo could play that role, but not to date. But it falls to our, uh, our, us, the responsibility to actually uh, pick one of these players. So I'm going to throw up the, the price list from um, five yards. Uh, we've got Ryan Kent, 19 mil. Cody Hackbow, 21 mil. Um, Rashitza 21 mil and then Danjuma 17 mil so these guys are all pretty much valued the same um, so I think it's pretty much a, a flat race to the line so uh, who wants to go first in, in terms of their of their list I think you did it last, first last time Joe so let's go with you Josh what's your 4 to 1 list of, of these players uh, I'm going Rashitza 4th uh, Danjuma 3rd it's a tough one I'm going to Hackpo will be second for me. Um, I do love the fact that he could play. He could play it as a striker. I think that that is a huge 
a huge tick for him. But um, I just, Kent is a player that gets me off my seat. Um, and I, I would just love to have him in our team. But maybe, maybe I, that's my, uh, that's my heart rule in my head on, on that one. But Kent's number one for me. I've got a feeling that this is going to go the other way for Joe. So, yeah, Joe, what's your four to one? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to go with Rashica, uh fourth, um, purely because I just don't think it, the link up, the build up would be good enough. Um, and having sort of plateaued for two years, had injuries, the hamstring injuries are one for me, which I think when you rely on your speed an awful lot and you're only 24, you know, I'm, I'm getting flashbacks of Michael Owen here. And nobody, <laughs> nobody wants nor deserves that. Um <laughs> So uh, he'd be fourth. I'd go with Danjuma third on the basis that um, I think it's one thing to do it very well in the championship and he has done very well, but he doesn't, he, he's not screaming Emi Buendia vibes to me from the championship. I think he's, he's playing in a team who are very attacking. They do, they do a lot of attacking, but would that translate? I'm not so sure. Um, second, I'm going to go with Ryan Kent because I have to go with my my pick. I have to go with Cody Hackpro for the um for the Jones jewel. Like, I've got to decide. Deciding vote. <laughs> I think in whenever I'm playing football manager, I'm always going for the player who can play in two positions because you know it just saves you money at the end of the day. Um, and you know when you're when you're Oxford or Scunthorpe, you're on a shoestring budget. It you know it it makes all the difference. But yeah, I I I'm going to go with Hackpo because I think that dual ability would be very useful um, in, in reserve. I think that his his frame, his, the fact that he's he's really put on some, some real mass and hasn't lost a, a little bit of speed at all. Um, I think that he he has the ability to to play with his back even when he's uh, as the um, even when he's playing as the the, the left-sided attacker, I think that his ability to recede between lines, to sit in that half space on the left-hand side, as well as potentially receiving those high balls from Calvin, from Luke Ayling um, on the other side, I think it gives you good balance um, to, to, the, to the opposite side with Rafinha cutting inside as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with, with um, Gakpo because I think he just trumps Kent in the, the physicality and, and the dual ability. Well, you guys have really thrown me under the bus here, haven't you? Um, <laughs> I, and I, I, I can see both sides of, of the arguments. I like both players a lot. Um, I do think they are quite different. Um, I, I, what I think Ryan Kent has going for him is that Marcelo Bielsa likes him and has wanted to get him before. Uh, and um, I think that that probably means that he's the more likely player that we will sign. Um, but then... This isn't about what's the most likely player that we're going to sign. It's about which player would suit us the best. Uh, and so, yeah, I don't know. This is this is really tough. Um, I, I feel as though I feel as though I'm I'm going to make a bad decision either way because I'm going to have to end up favouring one or the other. But I just don't think Josh will ever talk to me again if I don't choose Ryan <laughs> Kent. So on not, that basis, mate. on that basis, I think I'm going to I'm going to go for Kent. But I would be perfectly happy with both of these players. Um, I think they both offer good things to Leeds, um, albeit in different ways. Um, and yeah, it's it's literally a coin toss for me between the two of them. But I'm I'm going to go for Ryan Kent just because of because of what I've said because Ryan uh, because Marcelo Bielsa has said that he likes him and um, and so that makes him maybe the slightly more uh, obvious obvious pick here. So um, yeah, Josh will sort that out 
tomorrow when the uh, five yards market opens and he'll he'll buy that and we'll keep you guys up to date with the 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 values of these players that we bought um we should say that we are going to run another um episode in this series in two weeks time doing q a stuff so lots of you have had questions about various things mainly things like leaf davis and uh, alfie McCalmont. but this is a going to be a chance for you guys to give us questions that you have about the the, the players that we talked about and the, the the transfer strategy in general so we'll be doing that again in two weeks time do get your questions in for that we'll we'll no doubt put tweets out about that closer to the time um but that brings us to the end of this week's episode of Autos List. We'll be back in two weeks, as I've said. Um, but until then, if you're interested in finding out more about Five Yards, why not check out their website? Go to fiveyards.link forward slash A-S-A-W and you'll be able to find out everything there. And so all that remains for me to do is to say thank you, Joe. It's been great having you on this on this series. I think you'll be back for the Q&A, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll be back for that. Um, but no, it's been an absolute pleasure to to, to come on. I'm really, really honoured to be welcomed, um, to be invited. But yeah, it's been it's been fun. I I, I like I like to to scout players in my spare time. So so naturally, this was something which aligned pretty well. Um, and you know, doing it combining it with the stuff that we're doing at Leeds Live, it it helps in terms of sort of when when I'm trying to sound informed over there in terms of which players. <laughs> Um, because I get to sort of bounce the ideas off you guys first, so yeah, it's um, it's it's all it, it's all been really enjoyable. So thanks for having me. Yeah, and as always, do check out the stuff that Scouted Football are putting out. Um, Joe runs their podcast, which is excellent. You should really listen to. Um, and there is also the wonderful handbooks that they put out as well. So check those out. I can't remember the the handle. It's at Scouted Football. Is that right? At Scouted FTBL, uh, we did have a suspended account which was at Scouted Football back in back. Well, oh, it must have been five or six years ago now. So it's at Scouted FTBL. Did you yeah. share one too many? Um, one too many compilations. Uh, no, it wasn't compilations. No, no, it was it was something something else separate. But it was <laughs> it was yeah, it was um, controversy. It was a rights issue, I think, is is probably what we could put it down to. Yeah. <laughs> and josh as always it's been great having you on it's nice for you to show your face obviously that's the only time you ever do come on our stuff these days if you get the chance to show your face but it's still a pleasure having you on all the same hey i i did some writing the other day you did and you should you guys should check that out that's a a scouting profile of callum styles for of barnsley who is a player who both josh and i really like uh, and that also fits in with the piece that I put out this week, which is about how Leeds should plan for the future. So head over to our Medium and we'll search for Medium and all stats, aren't we? And it should come up. Uh, you can have a read of those pieces. But uh, I, I'm aware of time running on. So it's been great to run these series together. I've really appreciated chatting to you guys. Like I say, we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time with a Q&A anyway, so it's not over yet. But um, all that remains for me to do is to say good, good night and goodbye, everyone. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 